Hi there. This is a quick message to let our listeners know that this podcast is general financial advice only, meaning it is not specific to you, your needs, goals or objectives. So don't act on this information until you've spoken to your professional financial advisor. You'll find our full disclaimer linked to our financial services guide and website in the show notes. Hello and welcome back to the Invest in the Journey podcast. My name is Taylor Brie Casey and I'm the communications manager here at Monroe Partners. Today, I have partner and portfolio manager Kieran Moore and investment analyst Dan Condon sitting down with me to talk through their recent trip to the US, including why they were there, companies they met with, and some key learnings from their travels. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. It's always a pleasure having you on. Hi, Taylor. How's it going, Taylor? So as I mentioned, uh, you both just returned from the US. Could you tell us why you were there? Yeah, absolutely. I can start if you like. Um, So as you know, our process is really bottom-up focused. So that means we go out and meet with a whole heap of companies and a whole heap of analysts and and really do that bottom-up fundamental research. So the first week we were in Texas and we met with a range of different companies across a range of different sectors actually as well. So there were energy companies, industrial companies, consumer companies and technology companies. And really ultimately what we're trying to do is work out where their earnings are going to go. The second week we were at an institutional investors conference run by Raymond James and really it was the same opportunity at the conference. So we had an opportunity to meet with companies that we hold in the fund as at the moment and we had the opportunity to meet with a whole range of new companies that could be potential opportunities for the fund in the future. So our process is based on finding companies with earnings growth which means the team undergoes active research and this was a research trip. Dan, can you explain what your days looked like? Yeah, so our average day in the US was was pretty jam-packed with meetings, as you can expect. So lots of early mornings, lots of flying around from town to town. I think we ticked off something like 50 meetings in six days, mostly with C-suite management teams. And then around that, there were sort of bus tours, um, the conference, as, as Kieran mentioned before, and then the site tour, which I'm sure we'll touch on later with, with the Tesla Investor Day, which was, which was really exciting and a great opportunity to sort of see how it all works. We also afforded a lot of opportunities to get, get on the ground in the US and, and visit some franchises and stores that were sort of characteristic to America and we don't have the chance to visit here. And so that was good to get some experiences and that obviously feeds into our customer perception score, which we use to price companies. And yeah, it's, it's just a unique perspective of, of what goes on in America. As Dan just mentioned, Kieran, you guys met with a bunch of different companies. Which companies in particular did you meet with and what were the key takeaways? Yeah, so the trip started in Houston um, where we met with a range of industrial companies and two of which we actually hold in the funds today. So one of our holdings that we met with is actually in our Climate Change Leaders Fund, a company called Quanta Services. And it was really interesting. We were actually talking with the CEO about the whole energy transition happening at the moment. And so one of his biggest concerns that he was actually telling us about was the ability of power grids to actually handle the inflection in electric vehicles, particularly in the US, where we think we both agreed essentially that the inflection in electric vehicles is going to happen over the next few years. So in Dallas over the next few days, we met with the CEO of companies like Wingstop. So that CEO really outlined their bullish, ambitious plans for growth and gave us an insight a little bit into the health of the US consumer. We also met with companies like Texas Instruments, who spoke really bullishly actually about the demand drivers for their business over the medium term. Uh, And so that gave us really some confirmation in what companies like ASML have been telling us about the demand profile for their tools over the next, you know, five to seven years effectively. And so at Texas Instruments, are they a semiconductor company? What do they do? That's right. So yeah, they're semiconductor, semiconductor equipment. And Dan, were there any other companies that you found interesting that you met with? Yeah, well, on the topic of existing holdings, waste management would be one that I'd call out. Um, We met with them in Houston at their office, and this is a key position across all the funds at Munro. 
the key takeaway here and something that we've been sort of observing from Melbourne, but meeting the CEO and, and hearing what he had to say sort of brought this to life a bit more. They, they do a lot more than pick up the trash. So over the last few years, they, they've been deploying green capex. So it's, this has been sort of split into two buckets. So one being renewable natural gas. So this is collecting gas or methane emissions from landfills, which they have to do by law anyway. And instead of flaring it, which obviously releases carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, they can instead use it to power their fleet. Now, yes, you're still emitting carbon into the atmosphere, but you are using that to substitute use of petrol in the collection vehicles. And so this has really strong returns. You're basically generating EBITDA out of nothing. You can generate RINs and they can deploy this across over, well, we think about 100 sites and, and management sort of echoed that. The other area is recycling automation, which, which is pretty intuitive. So that sort of bolsters their efficiency and allows them to cut labour costs out of the operating structure. And so, yeah, these initiatives plus rational pricing that we've seen in the industry over the last year and a bit really sort of paints a way to a path to doubling their EBITDA over the next five years. Just some points on the CEO. So obviously met with the management. He's been in the company for over 20 years, knees deep in the operations of the business, came across really passionate about this, um, these Green CapEx projects and really competent as well. So that's just a sort of glimpse into what we sort of chatted with him about. Yeah. And, and that was a key highlight from the time in Houston. That's really interesting. Can you explain why it's important to meet with these companies in person? Like why go beyond a Zoom call? Yeah, so we think it's really important to meet with them in person because it enables us to build relationships for a long period of time with these management teams. Um, So as a growth investor, typically we're always looking at what the potential of the business is over the medium term. So having that relationship and being able to talk to management teams on a regular basis as that investment thesis plays out over a number of years is really important. The second thing I think is... We want to really see the alignment of interests management teams have with their shareholder base. So we think we've got really good alignment with our client base under the partnership model, but we want to see that in the companies we invest in as well. So going and seeing them in their office and, and seeing how they operate from a day-to-day uh, operational point of view is, is really important. So I won't uh, delay any longer. I think um, everybody will be dying to know you guys were able to go to the Tesla Investor Day. Can you give us, you know, the inside scoop? What happened? What did you learn? And, you know, was Elon there? He was. <laughs> this, this was definitely a highlight. So I'll start with the first part of the Investor Day, which was really the opportunity to go on a factory tour uh, at the facility in Austin, which is where Tesla uses their GigaPress to manufacture the Model Y. So the GigaPress is really what is important about this factory and it's what most people associate with the factory in Austin. So basically it's an aluminium die casting to create the frame for the car, which means that at this stage alone, Tesla can remove over 170 parts and perform roughly 1,600 fewer welds is what the engineer told us at the time. And what's fascinating to see is that in the early parts of the factory tour, just a sheer amount of automation in the process. So there's over 500 robots in the early parts of the automation process, which means there's far fewer employees needed and and cars can essentially be produced on their own almost. So that sheer size and scale was impressive to see. The other really important part of the factory tour was the stage at which they assemble and create the batteries. So Tesla uses a particular technology here called dry electrode coating which dramatically reduces the production time and really reduces the manufacturing put footprint that you need to, to essentially produce and use these batteries. So that really is impressive to see and it really does reinforce the competitive edge and the competitive moat that we think Tesla really has around their offering. So it sounds like a pretty cool factory. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just shy of a mile long. Someone told us actually it's the second biggest factory in the world, the biggest by sort of 2D square foot, but the Boeing factory has them on on just the height requirements of having to build 737s and 787 planes. But yeah, fun fact there. So it's the longest but not the highest. Exactly right. Yep. Dan, beyond the stats of the factory, is there anything additional you'd like to add about Tesla's investor day? Yeah, I'll, I'll add a bit on the presentation that Elon gave alongside some of the management team. So a lot of it was centered around this master plan three, which which laid out the path AC to a sustainable future. And what they did is they gave some metrics around capacity requirements, not just for electric vehicles, but also for storage. So they actually mentioned that storage needs to grow 29 times in order to get to this sustainable future that they were talking about. They also sort of extended on renewable power resource requirements, even hydrogen as, as a means of decarbonising industrial processes that are typically harder to decarbonise, just given the nature of processes like steelmaking and, and refining. And so to us, this signalled a pivot to more of an energy solutions business. So they inter- interestingly expressed an interest in entering the heat pump market down the line, which was a bit of a surprise. But I guess th- there's no reason to really doubt Tesla here, as we've seen them have resounding success in EV charging and home energy storage. And so we think that they'll be able to deliver on these other parallels in the clean energy space. Why was it a surprise that they w- were thinking about moving into the heat pump area? Well, I don't think there's too many OEM companies that, that also sell heat pumps and EV chargers and energy storage. So they're just working. It looks like they're, as, as, as Elon said, sort of leading the sustainable future. I guess, I guess the way to think about it is is most people associate Tesla with a car company, but essentially if you really think about the long-term opportunity here, it's to be an energy transition company really. So to, to effectively enable decarbonisation across a range of different industries and across a range of different technologies. So that's really the exciting part about Tesla. It's all this other opportunity that the market doesn't necessarily focus on day to day, but is there in the long term. And so you mentioned earlier that you attended the Raymond James conference. What was this conference and did you learn anything exciting? Yeah, so the Raymond James uh, Institutional Investors Conference. So it's a generalist conference. So that really suits our style of investing and it was sort of one of the key reasons why I chose to go to this conference. So it covers a wide range of sectors. I guess we could sort of split the meetings into two sort of broad categories. So there were... um, the first one would be breakouts with sort of C-suite senior management, companies that we know and we like, so some that we own, some we've done the work on but haven't got pretty close to and some that we've sort of just started looking at. And so the key reason for that was to firstly, as Kieran mentioned before, get to know management, which we see is really important, and then also to allow us to get into the weeds on some expectations that, that they hold for 2023 and beyond. The other category of meetings would be, probably the easiest way to describe it would be is under a sort of speed dating format. So these were sort of quick 30-minute meetings uh, or presentations to a group of investors and this was really useful for us to uncover new, ex- new and exciting ideas. Um, so a lot of the companies we hadn't heard before, that allows us to go away and do some research and hopefully um, some of these companies find their way into the funds eventually. Definitely sounds like you may have discovered some exciting opportunities. So while you're travelling, how do you manage to balance your day job? Yeah, good question. It is difficult, um, but really the focus of the trip is to to meet with as many companies and as many analysts as possible uh, to really try and work out those underappreciated earnings growth stories. So, you know, when we go on these trips, really the idea is to find the next ServiceNow or the next Danaher or the next ASML. And so that's the opportunity that we really want to focus on. The team has obviously grown a lot since um, we started the business and, and so there is a lot more resources now that can help us out with those day-to-day things that we need to do back in Melbourne. So we'd love to know what was a key learning that you took away from the trip, Dan? Do you want to go first? 
Yeah, so I mean, without giving too much away, I guess the biggest takeaway what was that there's still a wealth of companies that are taking share in large addressable markets. They're positioned to benefit from multi-year industri- industry tailwinds and really they can grow their earnings regardless of interest rates, inflation or what's going on with the macro. And so the fact that there's sort of high, qu- high quality management teams behind these companies who are all passionate and committed to what they're, what they're sort of trying to achieve. And I guess at the end of the day, we're just very excited about some of the opportunities out there over the medium term. So one area that we're really excited about would be full self-driving. So Tesla talked about it at length at their Investor Day and there were a few other companies in the space and companies that sort of called out the opportunity in that space. And so, yeah, I guess just plenty to look forward to. Kieran, what about for you? Yeah, I'd just reiterate what Dan said. I mean, it's been a difficult period in the market over the last 12 to 18 months. And what's obvious is that there's a lot of companies out there that have suffered from multiple compression given where interest rates have moved. But at the end of the day, nothing in their fundamental business has actually changed that much. So some of those opportunities really do provide good investment opportunities really over the medium term. So, you know, we're excited to go out and see and find new new things to look at and, and new companies to, to analyse. Uh, and, and we're looking forward to bringing, that, bringing a few, few of those back to the team. Thanks, guys. It sounds like you gained some really great insights while you were away on this trip. Um, thank you for taking the time to sit down and, and tell me about it today. No worries at all. Thanks, Thanks for having Taylor. us. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and if you'd like to learn more about active research or our investment process, head to our website at www.monroepartners.com.au. 